Good evening. How are we doing? Yeah. Well, okay. Bless you. It's great. Okay, um, I'm going to pray for us before we start. Um, I'll be honest with you, the word that has been on my heart since I was uh, given the opportunity to speak here for this evening uh, is one that, uh, for me, it's, uh, it's quite a, yeah, it's a very personal word. Um, this will only work if two things happen. Number one, the Holy Spirit turns up. Amen? Because it ain't by might or power. It's by his spirit. So we need his Holy Spirit to be with us. He's a very faithful God. If we ask, I'm sure he'll be faithful. But this particular word also really requires you as an individual to really open your heart to the tender love and the tender ministry of Jesus Christ. Amen? So I'm going to pray for us all that it will be by his spirit within us that we can open to receive from him. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the privilege of speaking to these beautiful people this evening. Lord, I ask that you would help me bring this word. And Father, that we would open our hearts to the gentle embrace of a God who knows it all, of a God who loves us so deeply that you really want to work with us and you want to help us. And Father, we pray that we would not leave this place the same as we came in. But we will be open to you to gently minister to us and to help us in areas deep within our soul and spirit and within our heart that we humbly open before you this evening in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Um, Christians Against Poverty, uh, I am going to, you, you will gather as I go through this verse that, that Cap will turn up, but I just want to very quickly, for people who weren't here this morning, just do a quick whistle stop of what God has done through Cap. So, um, first of all, anything that's good, anything that we've learned, anything that has been amazing, it is God in us. We know in whom we are saved and we know in, in whom we trust and we know the miracles he's done. So CAP is a ministry that basically has got two messages. It's got a message to the church and anybody who will listen that we believe that with Jesus you can change stories. Amen? We're a, chore, We're a story changing ministry. But we've got another message um, which basically says to the poor, the needy, the broken that with Jesus your story can change. And I've spent 20 years since I started this charity with my beautiful, beautiful wife Lizzie, uh, 20 years ago with 10 pounds in a small office in Bradford, the center of the universe, praise the Lord. Um, yeah, and it's been a miracle. So we spread around the UK, we have 573 centers, we've got a workforce of 1,000 frontline workers, 300 staff. Um, we literally see tens of thousands of people every year. We're a ministry that believes not only in the power of relieving poverty through practical help, but we believe that no life is beyond the redeeming power of Jesus Christ. We're Christians Against Poverty. We now lead, in the last 12 months, we've led over 1,000 people to Christ. Every working day, between three and five people, somewhere in the UK alone, with our guys working on the front line, we see people find him as your personal saviour. We are a church-empowering ministry. We don't do anything unless it's in local church. We believe in the power of the church. And again, partnership is all that we're about. And we've got a massive vision and a great hope that God could use little old us to do something fantastic to change this nation. We do believe that our God is able to do abundantly more. And trust me, when you hear my story and hear where I come from, you're going to know that that has to be true because it ain't me. Amen. We've got a free book to give away. I'll explain it later that you can find out more about CAP. This church epitomizes the spirit that CAP is, that... We're reaching out into the community, giving people hope through our debt center, our job club, our release group, and hopefully life skills soon. Uh, we touch hundreds of people in Cambridge. It's an astonishing work. This church epitomizes the church that Jesus will be proud of. And I'm just delighted that I get a chance to pre preach and to minister amongst you this evening. So I'm going to talk to you about something called dusting off. Um, 20 years of doing Christians Against Poverty and seeing God grow not only here in the UK but also uh, we're huge in New Zealand, we're pretty big in Australia and we've just launched in Canada um, in four countries and I want to share some personal stuff. People ask me, um, so what have you learned? What's the one thing that, that you could pass on? What is the thing that you would say God has done most deeply within you? What's the one message that you personally would bring? And the 
I have no hesitation. And this is the one. This is the one that I have lived, um, as you will hear, sometimes very painfully, but it is one that I have lived and I have learned. And this alone, by God's grace, has given me this um, ability in God to just carry on. Amen. Um, Somebody, again, says, what's the secret? And basically the secret is twofold. Don't stop. Amen. And carry on. Okay, that's the twofold miracle of of God. So, we're going to look at dusting off. Matthew 14, it says this. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words or leave that home or town and shake the dust off your feet. Matthew 10, verse 14. Let's look at the amplified version. This one just, in this instance, really brings it alive. Amplified version says this. And whoever will not receive and accept and welcome, nor listen to your message as you leave that house or town, shake the dust of it from your feet. The dust, the dust that settles on us. How you are received how you are accepted, how you are welcomed, how you are listened to. As we will discover, dust is very, 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 very personal. And okay, here's the truth. Jesus knows that even when you're going and doing what he's called you to do, when he's doing it where he called you to do it, when you're doing it the best you can, that in this world there will be trouble. Amen? That's that's from Proverbs. You don't find that on a fridge magnet. Amen? But it is true. In this world, there will be trouble. The good and the bad get caught up in the same net. You don't see that little baby on a fridge magnet. But it is in the Bible. Okay? Not everything is going to go how you think it's going to go. People are not going to respond how you think they're going to respond. People are going to say the thing that you don't think they're going to say. People are going to just do it. If you've been around any time doing anything for Jesus, anything for the church, anything with people, okay? It's going to be difficult. Okay, I rage against this. Everything's going to be brilliant. Scripture stuff. Because it isn't. Amen? It just isn't. I'll go, I'll go head to toe with you after the meeting if you think I'm wrong. But let me tell you. You're going to have some challenges. You're going to have some difficulties. Some things are going to happen. Some things are going to say. Things, circumstances, situations are going to work, are going to come that are not going to work out how you thought they were going to work out. And for 20 years, I have lived this message. Anybody involved in being a Christian, reaching the poor, changing people's lives, working, serving in a church will know that this is true. And Jesus knew. Jesus knew that this was the case and he knew that his disciples and he knows that you needed to learn to dust off this stuff. Because if you cannot dust off, you are going to be immobilized for the kingdom of God. You're going to be so clamped up with things that have happened in your life and things that people have said and things that people have done and mistakes and regret and heartache and failure that you are going to be incapable of being used by God to live the life that he wants you to live. He wants you and he wants me to dust off. Let's have a little closer look at what dust is. There are loads of kinds of dust. There's a dust of disappointment. There's a dust of discouragement. There's a dust of, disp- of offense. There's a dust of failure. There's a dust of mistakes or of judgments of being misunderstood. There can be the dust of despair. There can be the dust of abandonment. There can be the dust of loneliness. There can be the dust of sin. And even there can be the dust of success. So what actually does dust look like? Well... In this particular instance, when you dive a little bit deeper into the scripture and the relevance of the word dust just really brings it alive. So here's what dust looks like. Beautiful, yeah? Okay. Dust is 80 to 90% dead skin. Okay? And when you realize what I'm talking about, that the dust that we're going to dust off tonight, 90% of it, is from people. 90% of the dust that grips us is from people or from ourselves. Dust in itself reflects that. 
And the effect of dust can be massive. Not getting over stuff can be huge. We all can suffer from this dust dropping on us. I've had times in my life where I've, I've lost some of my confidence. When people have said things and people have done things. When I've made mistakes, where I've just, just lost my confidence a bit. I've just lost a little bit of my own confidence. I've seen how dust, if not, got off me can lead to uh, feelings of insecurity, can lead to feelings of inadequacy. The truth is, and please hear my heart here, if anybody tells you that you are not affected by what people say and what people do, okay, I would say they're not speaking the truth because we are created in God's image. We've been given a tender heart. A heart turned over to Jesus is a tender heart, is a humble heart, and it will be hurt by what people say and what people do. When people say, well, you can't hurt yourself by what you do, you can hurt yourself by what you do. The mistakes that I've made in my life have hurt me. I've, le I've left things in my life. But I have learned over 20 years that Jesus is the ultimate Dyson. Are you hearing me? He's the ultimate Dyson man. He can remove this dust. He can shake the dust off you. He can freshen you and release you from all this stuff. And you can go out stronger than you were before the dust began to appear. And the effects of dust. Um, I've lots of, read lots of reading around dust. But if you shut a room and just left it and did nothing, you would find that dust kind of just comes in the room. Okay? It just by the way, don't test, don't test this if you've got, unless you've got one little quiet room. It just happens. It just is. It is part of life. It just happens. And it's the same with this kind of thing. And it just, you can never see it. You don't actually see it, but you leave it and eventually it starts to affect you. I've seen people crippled by the dust of lack of confidence. I've seen people crippled by what other people think. I've seen people crippled by mistakes and guilt and shame. If it was not for Jesus' dusting ability in my life, I would be absolutely nowhere. I don't even think I'd have got here. What happened and the things that have gone on in my life, but Jesus has been my ultimate duster offer. He has released me in Jesus' name from so much dust. And he still continues to release me from dust. It's not a one fix all. This is a life application scripture that you need to live and keep doing to keep yourself as dust free as you can so you can live the life that Jesus wants you to live. And the enemy would want to cover you in dust. He would want to incapacitate you for the kingdom of God. He would speak over you to say that you're not this and you can't do this and you're not that. He'll remind you of your failures, your mistakes, your things you wrong he'll remind you of your sin he'll remind you of when people upset he'll remind you so he can incapacitate you for the kingdom of God well I'm here tonight to do some business with the powers and principalities of this world and we are going to free ourselves up from what he thinks of us and remind ourselves of what Jesus thinks of us it accumulates if you don't dust it off and there's some pretty grim things in dust I think we've got a picture of one of them here this is a dust mite beautiful I won't go any more about that. We'll just show you that one. This is what's in dust. You can take the dust mite down now. This is an example. And this, you might kind of do a how dusty are you tonight kind of check. If you allow dust to fall on you, what people think and say about you, then you can begin to lose your zeal for God. I've seen this. I've seen people over the years lose their zeal for God hardening of hearts judgmental somehow losing the joy that it is to know Jesus Christ as their personal saviour just gets on you I've seen over time people taking offence beginning to struggle and more and more losing their ability to get on and be used by God and I believe that Jesus is going to dust some people off this evening. And if you will open your heart and you will allow his spirit, tonight is a chance for you to get some of the dust that this world has dropped on you.
that people have said to you, that things that you have done to be removed and released. And I'm going to look at five elements of this dust that I believe are pretty, yeah, pretty universal for all of us. And as you will see, very, very much in who I am. So the first part of dust I'm going to deal with is the dust of what other people think of you. What other people have said to you. What other people have done to you. And what other people have not done for you. In 1996, me and Lizzie started Cap just with £10 in a small home office. And I went out onto the streets of Christians again, of Bradford. And here's the truth. I was all revved up. We'd thrown the lot in. I'd given up a very well-paid job. We'd given everything up. I'd given back a massive bonus that I was due to, check, due to cash a few months later. We got married and we were all in. We were full of the zeal of God. We really knew that God had called us. We were really excited. Just me and Lizzie, just the two of us, newly married, but loving God and believing he called us to something special. And I received some stuff. I got some dust dropped on me that nearly finished me off. Um, this is my life story. We, we give anybody who wants, uh, we have got enough to give everybody a copy who wants a copy, but we just started, okay? So we just literally started camp. And I got this letter through the post. This letter um, was probably, I kind of can feel now it's sort of from the pit. Um, okay, I'm going to say it. if it's recorded, it's recorded. Okay, it came in and it basically said this. It said, you're a fraud, John. We all know you're a fraud. You are a fraud. Your whole life is a fraud. Don't kid us with all this Christian mumbo jumbo. We know you're only doing this to feather your own nest. We know you're only doing this to manipulate and take money from people. Don't you kid anybody, because we know who you are. And that was from my sister. Um, even now, 20 years later, recalling what that letter did to me, I am, um, yeah, I still find it difficult. Just, I was incapacitated. I couldn't speak. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't do anything about it. I just had to just take it. And what had happened is I had just had this dump of dust on me that was aimed at stopping me doing what Jesus Christ had called me to do. And somehow with my beautiful wife and my pastor and another couple of people, they slowly, slowly ministered to me over a few days to just recover me enough to simply carry on. And then within two months, I was reported to the charity commission by a church minister saying that I was unqualified to be called Christians Against Poverty and I didn't know what I was doing and that I should be shut down. I just felt like this incredible sense of hurt and brokenness. And of course, I didn't feel qualified to do it. Amen? I didn't know what to do. I didn't have anything. We had nothing. And they just came in. And they just came in. And they just came in. With somebody else then, within three months, we got a card and we thought it was for Christmas and we had no money. We thought somebody sent us some money. And it was a letter from somebody, personally to me, saying, let's just stop kidding ourselves, John. This venture you're on about is pointless and worthless. You've got a wife and two children you should provide for. Will you please stop it and go and get a proper job? Okay? What people thought of me. And I had nowhere to go with it. Just dust upon dust upon dust. And I praise God. I praise God. That somehow in all that, in what everybody said about me, people would pick leaflets up that I'd done my best to, pre to prepare and just look at it and just cast it aside people were so heartless people spoke so badly over us people said the most incredible hard desperate things to us and all we wanted to do was love the poor all we wanted to do was help poor people and we just got this massive massive torrent 
of what people said about us and spoke about us. People just seemed to think that because we were doing a ministry, it gave them a right to speak about me, remind me about my past, talk about my divorce, talk about my challenges in my past, talk about what I was like as a son to my dad. My dad died when I was 18. It all just came flooding in, just on completely. But he didn't overwhelm us. He didn't overwhelm us. Because I knew what Jesus Christ thought of me. Because I knew that he loved me and I knew that I, he died on a cross for me and I knew that I'd received him. And I knew that he'd asked me to help the poor and I knew that his word said I should help the poor. And okay, I didn't know what I was doing, but I was doing the best I could. And I started to see some lives change. We shared a testimony of one of my first clients, Debbie, this morning. I could see in the lives that Jesus was with me. People started to find Christ. I drew people into the church. A few people started to support me. I knew that God was in me. And I determined that I would dust it off. That I could not do anything about what other people think about me. I could not change other people's opinion. But the opinion that I care for was what Jesus Christ thought of me. You need to hear that tonight. There are people in this room. People have said things over you. People have sent you letters. People have spoken out about what you aren't. And what you shouldn't be. And what you'll never be. And I'm here to tell you that that's not right. That's dust. And you need to get rid of it. And Jesus will take this dust off you. You can dust it off. There is a future. And there is a, I stand before you tonight as a testimony of someone who can dust off. I've learned how to dust it off. Is it painful? Yes. Does it still hurt me? Yes, but I'm dusting it off. It's not going to stop me. I'm not going to let what other people think determine. I'm not going to live my life at the level other people think I should live it. I'm going to live it at the life that Jesus has asked me to do it we must 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 dust it off yeah what people say about you your integrity is before God here's the truth we all fall short we all fall short but if Jesus can forgive me and if Jesus can love me and if Jesus can give me a chance to go again give yourself a chance to go again Allow his spirit to release you from what other people think. And that Methodist minister was wrong. Amen? I was probably the most qualified person you could ever imagine to start a debt counselling ministry. Because I'd been in debt myself. I'd lost everything four years later. I know what it is to have nothing. I'd worked for 12 years in the finance industry. I knew the finance industry inside out. I was the most highly qualified person you could imagine to start a debt counseling ministry. Amen? And that's what I told myself. Because if Jesus said I was the right man for the job, that's good enough for me. And whatever anybody else thinks, I don't care. Okay? I'm not disrespectful of people's opinion. 573 centers later, nearly 6,000 people have found Christ. Hundreds of thousands of people around the world have been reached by CAP. We open a new CAP centre every working day. 13 people go debt free every working day. We walk into 30 families every working day. 100 new people go to our courses every, every week in the UK. We've seen people saved every single day. We've seen people alive because churches are partnering with us. And I get, still get letters from people. Amen? And keep the letters. So hold that thought, what people have said to you. We're going to minister at the end. We're going to believe for his spirit. Number two, the, dis, the dust of disappointment. Man. Man. I have made some colossal mistakes in my life. Things have gone hugely wrong. I'm going to share with you um, one of the deepest regrets and most uh, deepest, yeah, uh, shame that I, I've suffered in my life. My dad got terminally ill at nine. I was a drunken, angry, violent young man as my father died. Through eight years of him slowly dying, I was a disgrace. When he died... I was a disgrace to my mum the year after he, she died. She was finally sectioned under the men, mental health. I was a disgrace. I was a true disgrace. The shame I felt even then and the shame that I felt as I came to Christ, you know, was really overwhelming. 
And for 24 years, I didn't ask my mum. I didn't ask my mum what my dad thought of me. Because I was so ashamed. My son Tom was born when I was 40. My dad was 40 when I was born. So I watched my son grow up, knowing how much my father loved me. Knowing the pain I must have caused him watching his beloved son be an absolute disgrace. It was too painful. I, I couldn't cope with it. My mum uh, died seven years ago. She got cancer. Um, she knew Christ. She saw her wayward son come round. She met all, our, all my children. She saw me be remarried. She saw my life turn around. She was amazing. But for, before she died, I had to ask her. I couldn't let her go without saying, Mum, please tell me what my dad thought of me. Please tell me what my dad thought of me through all that shame. And she said, John, the worse you were, you were, the worse you were, the more he loved you. The more you were in a mess, the more he loved you, the more he believed that you would come true in the end. And that was my earthly father. But that's what your heavenly father thinks of you. The more you fall away from him, the more you don't do what you should, the more that you fall away that you don't do what, the more he loves you because he knows what he's got for you. He's a gracious, overwhelming God who cares about you. And I've, I have, I've dusted off the guilt and shame. It still affects me. But I'm not going to live my life in the guilt and shame of who I was because I can't do anything about who I was. I can definitely do some about who I am. And I can definitely do some about the future. And if I can work for the next 20 years to keep tens of thousands of marriages together and kids can grow up in Christian homes where fathers and sons can have great relationships and God's grace can change people's lives, then I'm going to commit to make the very best of my future. And I'm not going to let the disappointment of my own failure, I'm not going to let it stop me doing what God wants me to do. I shared these pictures this morning. The first picture is me in this desperate place I ended up living when I lost everything. But let me, let me show you a picture of little Jesse. I so let my kids down. Okay? I let my kids down. I brought it all on them. I was the one who made mistakes. I was the one who... Yeah, she was beautiful. She was only little. She had to live through all that. And it was my, it was me, okay? I got it wrong. I made the mistakes. But God, God has redeemed this beautiful little girl. She's beautiful. She's walking with Christ. I've got an amazing relationship with her. Because I didn't let my past mistakes speak of my future as a dad I've been a good dad to my children I've brought my children up well I've loved my children I've cared for my children I've redeemed all the damage that I did on her and then I look at Jasmine my firstborn this girl grew up too, too soon she had to help me as a nine year old she had to go into shops and buy things because I was too embarrassed she helped me look after her little sister she grew up too, she grew up too soon she saw too much. She suffered greatly. But somehow God has allowed me, by his grace, to dust off that failure and dust off that disappointment. And somehow by his grace, I've, I've pulled through. These are my best friends. These are my children. God has redeemed the mistakes that I made. He has allowed me to dust it off. And with my other three children, with Abigail, Tom and Lydia, I've been a good dad. I've been married to Lizzie for 20 years, faithfully. I love her deeply. We're going to spend the rest of our life together. We, my family has been redeemed by the power of Jesus Christ. And I'm not going to let the dust of failure, and neither are you, stop you from going forward into what God has got for you. Amen? Amen. I've made so many things go wrong. So many things go wrong. Um, I think we've got a, a picture of my first um, mail shot out. Have we, got, have we got a picture of my first life changer form? I don't know if we have or not. Here we go. Um, I'm just going to touch on this one because this is a little bit lighter for everybody. 
Um, when I started CAP, I knew that I needed regular income, okay? Now, all the young people in the room must admit that that is probably one of the best designed logos you've ever seen, amen? Here's the truth. I could do triangles. That's all I could do, okay? And I can't spell neither, okay? Other than that, it's an amazing, an amazing thing. And that was the first thing I ever sent out, asking people to give a few pounds to Christians Against Poverty, to become a regular giver. Um, I'm definitely a... I'm a communicator and a marketer, and I have to say, that quite possibly could be the worst piece of marketing I've ever seen, and I did it, all right? It's absolutely dire, okay? I sent that out to 250 people and asked people to be regular supporters, and I got five replies. I got three people told me to get off the, take them off the mailing list, and two other people blatantly said, if this was the last thing on earth, and you were the last thing on earth, I wouldn't give you any money anyway. That's what happened. That's what happened. Total failure. Total failure. Honestly, you can't get worse than that as a mail-out. It really is grim. And of course, everybody also told me that nobody would give regular to CAP. And everybody said that it had never worked. And what was I doing? And who do you think would give me any money? And what? Blah, 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 blah. I knew Jesus had laid on me an understanding about regular income. And if I didn't get regular income, I couldn't do it. So it's a good job I dusted off that failure, isn't it? And a good job I carried on. 28,000 regular givers we've got now in the UK. The first year we raised 10,000 pounds. Last year we raised 10 million. 1,000 pound increase in our income as a charity over 20 years. Good job I dusted off the failure of a mail shot and the failure of what other people said. Amen? Everybody says, oh, it failed, so I stopped. I'm like, why? Why do we stop when something doesn't work? Isn't that just kind of like going well that didn't work try something else we so easily give up man come on Christians get some backbone amen oh it didn't work so what come on dust off my first ever family finance evening this was uh, amazing um, I decided to do prevention work. So me and Jeff, I, Jeff was a trustee of mine, he was Mr. Encourager. We decided to do a family finance evening, i.e. help people learn to manage their money. This, this is really bad. This is a failure. So I got two T-shirts printed. You needed T-shirts printed in the 90s to do anything? <laughs> family finance evening. Jeff. John. Sent it all out. What size room do you think we booked? A small room for two or four, three people or a big hall where we could get 30, 40 couples? You all with me? 30, 40 couples are going to come. Here's the truth. No one came. Not one. Jeff came, but other than Jeff, no one came. No one came to my first family finance evening. You can't fail any more than that. There is no possible way to fail unless we'd booked an even bigger room. So what did I do? Did I just go, well, that's no good. Nobody wants to learn about finance. Da, 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 forget it. No, I didn't. I just went, well, it just didn't work this time. But that doesn't mean that's not a right thing to do. By the way, that family finance course became Cap Money. Cap Money is now the largest provider of face-to-face -face adult financial education in the UK. 800 churches, 2,500 money coaches, the largest provider of face-to-face -face adult financial education. It's in 260 schools and every university in the UK. It's a good job. I didn't let the failure stop me going forward. It's also the biggest in Australia and New Zealand, and we've already got 170 churches in Canada running it. Failure. Dust it off, man. Don't let it stop you. So many great things have been stopped because people gave up first time it didn't work. The third dust is a dust of sin and unforgiveness, guilt and shame, the inability to forgive yourself. I will not live my future life and neither will you if you continue to live your past mistakes. The longer you go on, the more you walk with God, the closer you get to him, the more obvious it becomes to all of us how far, far we fall short. Amen? I'm a good guy. I love God. I'm in his word. But I fall short. I get things wrong. I still have bouts of anger. I still sometimes don't fill the gap. Right. Yeah. But I'm not going to let 
the dust of sin and unforgiveness stop me going and doing what God's called me to do I'm just not I'm not going to let the enemy stop me and in Hebrews Hebrews 12 verse 1 it says this therefore since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses let us not let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us grace is an astonishing thing we know that we need to be honest with God when we fall short we know that we need forgiveness we know that we keep doing the things we don't want to do we know we know that we're not where we want to be can I have a very muted amen from people please amen or is it just me come on come on everybody let's let's just be real here let's just be real we fall short we do but my bible says that Jesus Christ died on a cross for the forgiveness of my sin my bible says that if you repent and truthfully in your heart repent and turn to God that he will take my sin as far as the east is from the west I read the bible I read the acts I look at Paul I look at his life I look at where they were and what they did I look at Peter who denied Christ three times upon my rock I shall build my church amen that's the grace of God and there's a reason why it's massive and the reasons why it's continual and the reason why it's overwhelming is you need it okay but living in that grace allows you to slowly 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 make progress and I am making progress I'm further on than I was 24 years ago by the way praise God for that I was a long way off 24 years ago amen and so are you okay I'm making progress because I'm receiving his grace and I'm not letting it take me out. There are thousands of Christians who did things wrong and were, were not working for the kingdom of God because they allowed the dust of sin and unforgiveness to take them out. They began to believe they were unworthy to minister to God. They began to believe that they'd done so much wrong that God could not use them. I'm here to tell you, I don't care what you've done. I don't care what you think. I don't care the mistakes you've made. Jesus Christ is here to forgive you of your sin and it is by his grace that you you can be used for the kingdom of God I don't care who would think who would think a violent drunken guy okay who'd done all he'd done with that guilt and shame about my dad and all that I'd done who would have thought in that one room with two kids that I couldn't feed that Jesus Christ would use me over 20 years to release hundreds of thousands of people from debt and poverty who would believe that that lad from Bradford a violent angry young man could be used by God to see people saved every day around the world. Who would believe that? Well, Jesus believes that. He, believe, he needs the broken. He needs the humble. He needs people who've lived a life. He needs real people to reach real people. He needs you. You're vital to the kingdom of God. I don't care what you've done. You cannot wallow in self-pity and sin. Get yourself free tonight. Dust that sin of unforget and get on your blessed bike and get out there and do something for the kingdom of God. Amen, everybody? Amen. Fourth dust, the dust of success. An interesting one, one that I really felt as I was doing this. This is a life application scripture, so I'm always doing it. What I mean is this, the dust of success. Okay, if you do something and it works really well, it all sounds brilliant. But actually, if you allow the dust of success to rest on you, you will be incapacitated for what God wants you to do. Because basically, if you're resting on something you did brilliant 20 years ago, amen? You're allowing the dust of success to rest on, your, rest on you and stop you doing some new stuff. If you're successful and you're doing things at work and you're earning lots of money and you've got a big house and everything's going brilliant, yeah? If you allow the dust of possessions to settle on you, he'll rob you of your joy. If you allow things that go really well as a church to just rest on you and tell yourselves everything's brilliant, you're stopping right there. You're stopping. If I... After 10 years, getting 50 centers, which we did, we got 50 centers in 10 years. Man, I thought I'd arrived and gone at heaven. I actually thought I'd seen the second coming. I couldn't believe it. 
10 years, we got 50 centers. We were starting to see people getting saved at least once a week. It was amazing. If I had parked up 10, 10 years ago and go, that's it, we're successful, I can get a few preaching gigs, we're doing brilliant, oh, hallelujah, bring out the green room. Amen? I could have done, because it was successful. Never. You're joking. You ain't seen nothing yet. There's other countries to reach. There's thousands of churches, hundreds of thousands of poor and needy people. We've got 573 centers now. Seriously, I could stop today and it'd be successful. You're joking. I want a thousand. By the end of 2021, I want to see all Canada, 30 million people. I want 400 centers in Canada in the next five years. Okay? I want nearly a thousand in Australia. I want 500 in New Zealand. And I'd also fancy another 10 to 30 countries. I'll tell you what, the dust of success ain't covering me. Get off. Get your own dust of success off. I'm doing really well. Well, good, good, good. Well, go do some more stuff for Jesus then. You know what I mean? Don't settle just because it's okay. God's got more for you. But if you cover yourself in dust, and I see this in churches, not this one, where it just kind of goes okay and everybody, wait, it's all brilliant. I'm like, no, don't do that. Keep going. Keep pushing. Reach as many as you can, as fast as you can. Get them all discipled. Oh, we've got 40 people in Alpha. Get 60. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, ooh, ooh. people go, ooh, you're always striving for more. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I am striving for more because every life reached is a life that's worth reaching. Every person who finds Christ has a chance to live again. Every church that's renewed to reach its community can make the church Jesus' name loud. Of course I want as many as we can, as fast as we can. And the only people who criticize me are people who do nothing. Honestly, trust me. Last year, I thought all the letters and emails had stopped. I thought God had done a miracle, only to discover my executive assistant that decided not to show me him anymore. I get them all the time. I get them all the time. We think this, we think that, we think this. People judging me who don't even know me, never met me. People saying all sorts of stuff. Seriously. It's like water off a duck's back. I don't care what other people think. I have had the fear of man surgically removed. I don't care what people think. I'm bothered what Jesus thinks. And do I get it right all the time? No. Do I fail? Yes. Am I on the perfect plan? Absolutely not. But at least I'm still going forward with a hope that Jesus hasn't finished with me yet. Because I dust off success. Please dust off success. And the fifth and final dust is your own dust. This is a good one. What you're thinking about yourself. How you think about yourself. Oh my gosh. Negativity. Okay, we'll do, we won't do a straw poll. Because I don't know you well enough. Okay. While I've been speaking, you might have had a bit of a... You could have had a negative thought about me. I'm not going to name names. And we're not putting hands up. Amen. There might have been something in this service or in this church tonight since you came in where you've gone a little bit like, oh, I don't like that. I'm, I'm not looking at anybody. Everybody's looking like this. No, it's not me. I think it's beautiful. Well, I don't like that bit and them, but it's pretty nice apart from them and this and that. Okay, I'm joking with you. But, you know, we, you know seriously, I was in one room with two children on camp beds and I couldn't feed them. Amen? I know in what I've saved. You know what I mean? If I get fed, and me and Lizzie, if we have somewhere nice and warm to sleep, and we've got enough food in the fridge, and our house is secure, and the kids are doing all right, give me it. And by the way, church ain't perfect, because you're in it. How many thousands of Christians have been taken out of their fulfillment in God because they allowed negativity to start occupying their mind? Sort your minds out. Stop being so negative, and stop filling the gaps with judgment amen Amen. you do not know why people do things stop thinking bad start thinking good and when somebody does something wrong be gracious shows the same grace that God shows you forgive other people stop judging everything and building up about everything on putting your own dust on there's enough dust out there without adding your own amen Amen. right I'll stop there because I can see I'm starting to really draw people with me okay (laughs) seriously guys it's an ongoing process Man, I get, I get all sorts of stuff. Man, I planted a church eight years ago. I go into church every Sunday and I have to go, think positive, John, think positive, think positive. I have to remind myself, I planted the church. I'm so upset with it sometimes. Okay, so I know how you feel. And that's okay. Do you understand what I mean? But don't let it, don't let it, you know, a little bit's okay. But dust it off every Sunday. 
I'm really glad to be in the house of God. I love this church. The, the city, it's not perfect. The city, they're helping the poor. People are getting saved. I've got great friends. It's amazing. God's done well. We're on our way. Just, you know, keep dusting it off, man. Don't let it build it. Oh, I didn't like that song. So what? They don't like your singing. But they, do you know what I mean? I didn't like that song. Well, they didn't like you sat there going, I don't like that song. Okay, I'm pushing the praise and worship band there. Were, they like that one. They like that one. Oh, it was a bit loud. Well, if you would have sung it, it'd have been even louder, wouldn't it? I joke to relieve the tension in the room. Philippians 3, 13 to 15. Brothers, sisters, C3 Cambridge, this church. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do. Okay, seriously. This is Johnny Boy. This is me. This is me. Okay? I've just made a, re- I made a really difficult call in Canada a week ago. And then I made a couple of errors of judgment about how I did it. You know, really serious. I hurt some people. I caused some real problems. Yeah. Really bad. I could have done, I should have been better. I made a mistake. I've been judged for it. I've got a lot of pain attached to it. Yeah. But one thing Johnny Boy does, one thing. Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. To press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. We talk about maturity in Christ. And sometimes I think we get a little bit confused about what maturity in Christ means. We think sometimes it just means someone who is steeped in the Bible. That is an example of someone who is steeped in the Bible. That's good. We think of it as someone who always makes, who never makes mistakes. Okay? This is the mature bit that I like. Jesus is saying here, the mature, first of all, must make mistakes or they won't have anything to forget. Is that pretty logical? If you've got to forget something, you must have done something wrong to forget it. So it says you must have forgotten. And it says that this is a mature. Who are mature should take such a view on things. So I believe I'm relatively mature in Christ. Okay? Because I tell you what I do. I forget what's behind. I forget what I've done wrong. I ask for forgiveness. I move on and I learn and I keep going on. I believe that God has got a message for us this evening. I'm going to play a DVD in a minute. I just, if the AV guys can get ready. But just as they're getting ready for that, I'm just going to do a couple of little bits and bats. Okay. You know when people say, well, you're not, you're not qualified to do something. You know when, who do you think you are? Anybody else had that one? Who do you think you are? By the way, if anybody says that to me, you've got enough about you. Ask them who they think they are as well. Been so audacious to speak that over you. How dare they ask you who you think you are? That's between you and God. Amen? Sorry, I'm just let that out. I feel better now. I'm ministering to myself there. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? So this is... This is, this is the original piece of paper that me and Lizzie put together after we decided to start Christians Against Poverty. And we were still in debt. This is the debt that we had. This is all the challenges that we've got. And this is how much money we needed to live on, to survive. And I want to tell you that that piece of paper made us starting Christians Against Poverty seem the most ludicrous thing that you can ever imagine. Man's wisdom would have been stay, wait, and eventually you might be ready for what Jesus Christ has got to you, got for you. I'm telling you, you're ready. I'm telling you, he's got something for you that you can do now. But to do that, he needs you to dust off. You know the minister who sent me a thing saying that I wasn't qualified to do it? And also all the churches that said no one had ever worked with me. Okay? Well, I just thought I'd bring this. This was at York Minster on Saturday. So at York Minster this Saturday, I stood up at York Minster and we had an even song for Christians Against Poverty 20 years. Because God said, Johnny boy, you go out the poor, mate. And together, 
You just don't know what God can do. Don't live your life what other people think of you. Don't live your life with your past mistakes. Don't live your life with dust. We're going to play this DVD now. Um, I'm going to pray. The truth is, if you will open your heart out now, this is between you and God. Amen? Everybody okay for this? I want you to listen to this DVD. I want you to open your heart and I want you to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you of what you need to dust off and then we are going to give you all an opportunity to dust that dust off. Are we all okay? Heavenly Father, I lift everybody in this room. I ask for your Holy Spirit now. For the people who don't know you, who need to know you. For the people who know you, who've allowed dust to settle, we give you the authority to begin the process by your Holy Spirit of dusting us off. Let's watch the screens. Thank you, Father. I don't know if one of the, key, the keyboard players just play, just, we all okay for a few minutes? Are we all okay? Okay. Thank you, Father. Lord, I want to, I just personally want to thank you for all the dust you've you've overed off my life Lord I want to thank you for your amazing grace your incredible love and heart I just stand here tonight I'm so grateful for you and all you mean and all you've done I just love your spirit Father I'm, we're going to ask that your Holy Spirit will just give each and every person here tonight an opportunity to just step up and allow you to dust things off them. Father, there are people in this room who have never, ever come to you and said, please dust me off. Father, there are people in this room who do not know you as their personal saviour. There's a hole in their heart. There's a hole in their lives that only the love of Jesus Christ can fill. And they want to be dusted off. They want to start afresh. They want a new life. They want eternal life and a relationship with a Father who will love them through to and including eternity. There are also some people here tonight that has allowed the dust to settle on them and they've lost their sparkle for you they've lost their overwhelming joy in you they've allowed situations and dust to settle that has drawn them away from the God they know the one in whom they believe the one in whom they want to live their life And there are also people here tonight, Father, who just know they need your Holy Spirit to dust off disappointment, mistakes, what people have said, what people have done, what people haven't done. They want a fresh start. I'm going to ask if you are one of those people that I've mentioned, you want to know Christ, you want to recommit your life and dust off to Him, or you know there's some dust that needs to be removed, I'm going to ask you now, you're amongst friends, the Holy Spirit is here. Could I just ask you, I'm going to be bold, could I ask you just to stand up and just come to the front? You coming to the front is just saying, Jesus, I'm serious about this. Just stand up now and just walk to the front and say, Jesus, I want dust enough. Just come to the front. Just come to the front. Just come to the front. Just, just face that way. Just not that way. That way. Face me. Just come to the front. Come to the front. Come on. You know who you are. You know you need to dust off. Come on. Come on. Whatever it is, it's between you and God. Just, just come to the front. 
If you need a friend to come with you, just pick a friend's hand and bring them to the front. Just come to the front. Just come to the front. This is just, it's, it's just you making a step towards God. okay if you're sat in your seat and, and you know this is for you that's that's just totally okay amen God knows it's okay okay we're just going to close our eyes now everybody close their eyes please let's pray if you are stood at the front or even if you're still sat down and this is your evening to accept Jesus Christ as your personal saviour I am the one with the eyes open If that is you, I want you to open your eyes, I want you to put your hand up, and I want you to look at me, that you want to accept Jesus Christ today as your personal saviour. You've never nailed it, but you know you should. Father for the people who know that they've allowed the dust to settle on them and they've lost their fire they've lost their passion for Christ they've been dusted over and they know that this is the moment for them to say God I want to come back I want to dust it all off and I want to go again with you I want to recommit my life to you we're going to pray for you now Heavenly Father you see their heart their desire to come back to you to dust things off Father, by your Holy Spirit, will you reach them now? Will you let them know that you know you want them back? You're desperate to put your arms around them. It's all forgiven. It's all forgotten. Clean slate, new start in you, Father, that you've got purposes for them, that there's great things ahead, Lord. Put your arms around them by your Holy Spirit. Let them know you know. You're so glad they stood up. You're so glad they've made a decision. You're so glad they're turning back to you to walk humbly with you from this day on. Father, bless them, encourage them, put your arms around them, let you know you're real. And for anyone else here tonight who's had things spoken over them by people, who've had things said to them by people, who've been judged by others, who've been told they're useless, who've been told they can never do this or can never do that. Father, by your Holy Spirit, I pray that you would supernaturally dust that off them in Jesus' name. The dust of failure, of mistakes, of guilt, of shame. Father, in Jesus' name, will you dust it off them now by your Holy Spirit supernaturally release your power into their minds their soul their heart that they would know they know a God who is dusting them off and wants to go again with them that they've got plans you've got a future and a hope thank you Jesus Father we pray that your Holy Spirit would go with each and every person who stood up on the ones that haven't that they would leave this place just knowing that you're God who can. For anybody who needs specific prayer, for, for things they want to talk about, things they want to pray with others, there's going to be a few of us that are going to stay behind at the end of this service, that no one would leave this place without being individually prayed with and allow your Holy Spirit to minister and let them know that you're God who cares. dusting off group of people, Father. 
and we thank you for the privilege of doing this together with your Holy Spirit. we should sing one of the songs we sang earlier just that proclamation of what we believe to be true let's sing this let's sing one of these songs and let's speak it out that you can have our life Lord you are our life and you can have our life and Father we pray as we sing this that you would take our words and they will become life to us as we move on from this place this evening and into the world crying out for us to dust them off. Amen. Amen. Let's stay where we are. Let's, let's praise God here. Okay. At the end of the service, please make sure if you want to know more about CAP, please come to our store. We'd love you to join with us. We'd love you to support us. We've got free books. It's all available. Let's just sing a proclamation of Jesus' love.